Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and this week I have a guest who's been on the show before. She's a creative, and she's by far one of my favorite, favorite people. Welcome, Hudan Youssef. Hey, girl. Hey. What's up? How have you been? I, you know, Hudan and I just yeah. literally had such an intense conversation. <laughs> and we're trying to act like it's normal right now. Hey, girl, how are you? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. And we and we both are the loudest people. So maybe just turn down your volume. Just I, highly, I highly recommend for to bless your ears. Please lower that volume. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. God, God, God bless you. God yeah, bless absolutely. you. Um, <laughs> uh, but... We, we are going to talk about all the things that have been going on. We're going to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement. We are going to talk about gaslighting. We're going to talk about microaggressions. We're going to get to the fucking meat. Mm -hmm. We're going in. We are going in this fucking sit down, have a seat. You want to listen to this conversation because Hudan is, you live in Canada and to introduce yourself. Who are you? Um, I'm just, you know, your, your local, um, introverted minding her own damn business uh blogger from toronto literally that's just that's my persona i just like to mind my own business i'm pretty local you know i live i live in in these you know in these streets of toronto and uh, i like to mind my business but from time to time i don't want to mind my business anymore and today happens to be one of those days yeah yeah and i and i think that you know for, for us who have been minding our business now more than ever, we need to never stop talking yes. for Hudan and I is also comes naturally to us. So, cause even though we're introverted, we also, we love to yap. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. And, and we, so I, I, when I first approached Hudan about having her on the podcast, originally, you know, I was just going to replay an episode that she was already on, but she was like, no, let's have a new conversation. And I was like, this is perfect because I, I do think it's more important to talk about relevant things, but I was like, I don't know if you're up for it because I think at this time, it's like, you want to be respectful of what your black friends are going through and you don't want to burden them. But she was like, you know what? I want to do this. So I'm, we're going to do it. And, and we, we both kind of went back and forth about what would be the best way to have this dialogue. And we decided like just having a conversation. Yes. Yes. Um, and in the beginning I, I was a little reluctant. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, for me, mental health is like a big thing and just dealing with all these, uh, everything that's happening in the world, it, it, it weighs on, it weighs on your black friends. I just want, of course. I want the audience to know that no matter what the situation is like, it's always good to reach out. And Alhamdulillah, I've had mm-hmm. a lot of people reach out to me via Instagram, you know, just with beautiful messages. Um, I haven't gotten back to a lot of them. I'm not going to lie. Um, being on social media gives me anxiety right now. So I've been trying yeah. to avoid it all. Um, I get very overwhelmed. And then with that um, overwhelming feeling, I feel as though sometimes I cannot, like, I can't, I can't do certain actions like, you know, replying back to people or giving them a phone call. I just feel like it's all too much and I just need to take a step back. And I just think it's really healthy to just, you know, reach out to your your friends that are that could be struggling in silence. You just you never know. Um, yeah, just even just for the sake of Islam, you know, it's it's good to just send encouraging words to your friends no matter what's happening. And yeah, I just I really I really hope that people do that right now. But and it's and it just and just the thing don't ex, don't expect a response you don't need to expect a response just letting your friends know hey yeah. I'm here 
I love you. If you need to talk, let yeah. me know. Yeah. That's it. That's, That's it. it. Just do an act of kindness with no expectation. That is what we should be doing right now. Yeah. And I wouldn't take it personally. I've reached out to some black friends who haven't responded to me. I'm not taking it personally because, and this is something who Dan and I were talking about anytime throughout, you know, what's been going on. Anytime I feel even a little bit overwhelmed, all I sit there and think about is how overwhelming is this for, for my black friends and how overwhelming has it been for them for their entire lives? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This is every day for a lot of people. This could be in different types of levels. Like it could be an everyday type of, you know, experience for certain people. So right now the way that the world is reacting, a hundred percent, everybody's going through it, but just imagine, imagine that's what being black and having to go through this in silence all the time. You know, it's a lot. And, and, and that's the thing. It's like, I, you can never understand anyone else's experience, but what you can try to do is have empathy. Try, try, just try to imagine it. And you won't be able to fully grasp what it's like, but just try. And I think that that helps you develop empathy and that helps you have a deeper understanding. And, you know, just, just listening, having conversations. I think that Houdan and I, the conversation we had even before we started recording was so productive in like a matter of 30 minutes. I feel like there was, I, I literally, there was so much gained and there was so much put out. And, um, I just want to ask you, Hudan, how are you? How have you been doing? How have you been feeling? <sighs> I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I've been going through it, honestly. Yeah. Um, I've been trying my best to avoid social media. Um, and this is just me personally from my experience, not only with being black in this country, being a black Muslim in general, my whole life. Um, and the experiences that I had that we're probably going to, we're going to get into, um, in this podcast. Um, it's like, you're kind of conditioned to, uh, like not have space to kind of talk about certain things. So for me, um, my number one response is to kind of shut down and just like disappear. That's just my own personal way of dealing with certain things. So going like with this entire situation, um, I got really angry and I started becoming more vocal online because of the uh, foolishness that I've been seeing all over Twitter, um, all over Instagram of how people were reacting to it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what kind of pushed me to kind of just stop being silent and and and, and being withdrawn on certain things. Um, I, I've, I've noticed that that requires a lot of healing and internal work that I personally need to do to kind of get myself to be more proactive in getting my response out there. Um, but yeah, this past week, I think like this past week, I've been triggered by a lot of really just disgusting ideologies that people have towards what's going on. Um, of course, which were called out by many, many people. And alhamdulillah, I love to see that. But yeah, we love there's a lot it. of work to be done in the com- in our communities. Like there's so much work to be done. And personally speaking, I've been going through it. I've been trying to avoid social media, but I can't um, because I feel like I have an obligation to, to educate um, my not only my, my community, um, my following, uh, getting word out there, uh, donating, all that jazz, that could be done behind the scenes. But I feel as though having a platform, you need to use it for good yeah. to get your voice out there no matter what it is. Um, and it's a lot of work, I'm not going to lie, especially coming from the uh, your Black friends and your Black uh, influencers and just the black, the black community in general. We're just tired. I don't know what else to say. I'm just so exhausted. And, and that's the thing. I can't even begin to... Uh, fathom what that exhaustion feels like. And, and something interesting that I was reflecting on the other day is advocating 
for yourself is not the same thing as advocating for yeah. someone else. Yeah. It takes more to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. In general, advocating mm-hmm. for yourself is draining. And that is why, as someone who is not Black, yeah. I you must take it upon yourself to advocate mm-hmm. for Black people because it's, it's, it is easier. It is easier. It's easier to advocate for other people than for it is for yourself in every single fucking aspect. Because, and and I also, something that I've, I've heard a lot of my black friends say is like, you know, being conditioned to not be the stereotypical quote unquote loud black girl or the, get me started or the, or the problematic black girl. And, and it's still kind of in the back of yeah. in the back of your head. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be too loud. I don't want to be too problematic. I don't want to be too offensive and almost feeling like, you know, you still feel this weird sense of like, I don't want to say too much. And that is where we yeah. need to step in and speak the fuck up. Honestly, and Dan and I were talking yeah. about this before, which is like, you know, I feel like a lot of people feel like damned if I do, damned if I don't. Yeah. No, no, fuck that. The only thing to do is speak up. And if people criticize you, who the fuck? Just keep going, persevere and keep going through. And Hudan made a great point to me. He's like, if you're speaking up and you are getting any type of criticism, you should feel humbled by it. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you should take that time to reflect and say, this pain or this suffering that I'm feeling is nowhere even close to the pain and suffering that black people have been experiencing for fucking hundreds of fighting, years. Fighting for their own, honestly, fighting for just basics. We yes. get that backlash on a regular basis. And you brought up a yeah. very good point with the angry black woman narrative. And I'm not going to yeah. lie. I have, it, it's literally psychological warfare. I'm dead ass. Like yeah. the microaggression and the fact that your experience is diminished and diminished in every realm, whether it's the workplace, whether it's amongst Muslim friends, whether it's amongst society, whether it's in school, mm-hmm. that you just like, you wanting to advocate or educate people or just have an opinion um, that has to do with just basic black human rights. You are labeled as this angry, aggressive, you know, individual. And because of that, the amount of times that that has happened to me in my 25 years of living on this earth, I, and I haven't even noticed this, but I have literally become just more quiet and to myself. Like I, I remember we talked about this. I hate humans for that reason. Like, you don't want to listen to me. You don't even want to even acknowledge that I have, and you've seen it. Like you can clearly, like it's, it's bright as day. The, the discrimination and racism that I go through as your friend, and you can clearly see that, but yet you want to, you know, act like it's not happening. I just start to just want to be with just myself. I just want to be by myself. I don't want to hang out with people. And then it just becomes like, you become very repressed and, and speaking. And it's just, it's sad to see that. And that's something that I, I definitely want to, you know, address and, and talk about. And I know people, I, I know my own friends that have gone through that. It's just, we're tired. All right. What can I do? No one wants to listen to me. I'll just shut up then. Clearly yeah. you don't want to listen. Cause that's the thing. You feel, up. you feel defeated. Yes. You feel, you feel defeated. And any human being would feel that way. Like that is human to feel defeated when you constantly, constantly are advocating for yourself and being shut down and, and, and Hudan, I'm telling you, I have seen this happen in yeah. front of my own two eyes. Yeah. But you don't need to see it to believe it. Yeah. It's happening. I see, I've worked with black girls who they will say something to a supervisor and it's the same complaint that a white girl had made a week before and they are treated like 
what you can't handle this you exactly. should be able to handle this exactly and uh, and, and, and another another thing that i i because that's the thing i was telling with i've been reflecting a lot just on things that i've I've done in my life because I've made mistakes and I've done done shit when I was a teenager and I rapped along to 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 rap music when I was sixteen and I said every word mm-hmm. I said every word because I was fucking ignorant and that's not an excuse but I think we need to take accountability for those ignorant acts and not only should I, I feel ashamed for shit that I did when I was a teenager and I was like that was not acceptable who the fuck why did no one shut me up and that's why if you see your friend doing something wrong. Tell them, tell them that they are wrong. You don't have to be black to care about things that affect black people. Like step out of your comfort zone and, and attack them. But, but what I was going to say is something that I, I noticed because I used to counsel um, children who are abused. The way I used to see people talk to a black child versus a white child, when I think about it, I literally want to throw up. Why are black children spoken to like they're adults when they're five years old? And uh, questions I need answers, please. I need answers. Like they are children. They are children. And it's like the same compassion that we have for a little white girl and we can handle her with kids gloves. We're not going to do the same thing for a black child. Mm -hmm. Suddenly a black child is just supposed to just supposed to fucking be able to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're a child, but. I don't know. I, that was just something that I was thinking about. But but I, what I want to talk to Hadan about, um, and I want, and I really want to hear your stories and your experiences, is mm. what are what are some of your earliest experiences of racism? Okay, so this this I'm going to try to sum it up in the best way possible because it's a lot. It's a lot. A lot has happened. Of course. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Toronto. Uh, for those of you that uh, are not aware of how Toronto is, it's very it's a very multicultural city it has every shade every color every race lives in toronto and i love that so i grew up in a neighborhood that was predominantly black um lower income um as well as there were other races not only white people so we were amongst many different shades so i grew up seeing all that so i went to you know middle school it was great. Um, I don't really remember a lot. Um, and if I and if there were instances of like, you know, discrimination or racism, it kind of just flew over my head because I wasn't really aware of the term or all that. Going into high school, um, I don't know. I haven't really ex- I can't really grasp specifics. Um, but then again, I was I was more of a very I was very assertive. So if anybody did piss me off, I would call it out straight up. And if they want to fight, <laughs> you can meet me outside. Like that was the type of person I was. So I always fought for myself. That wasn't an issue. And I never got bullied for even wearing hijab or any of that or else I would have knocked all their teeth out. And I'd pr- I'm proud to say that, actually. Um, I'm proud of you. I literally yeah. all I want to say is I so much because hell yeah that's what you should be fucking doing (laughs) i don't know about you this is a complete tangent but growing up my parents would say like you know don't ever get into any fights but if anybody lays a hand on you and you come home with broken bones and you're crying i'm gonna deal with you you better finish it off (laughs) don't come home without finishing it off i appreciate that about my parents like that's they said always fight for yourself but don't start anything so um going into university is where it all literally went to hell and i'm and I'm not exaggerating. University. Where, where did you go to university? Worst experience of my entire social life. University was probably the worst experience. And it shaped why I'm I'm kind of silent on, on advocating, not advocating, but like just speaking up about certain things. Like I'm just tired now. It's because of university. I went to, um, so I left Toronto 
to a small city called Hamilton, and I went to a school called McMaster University. Hell, the FBS, I am I, I'm, I'm calling that MSA out 100%. So I went to that school. Uh, me and actually a close neighbor of mine, we're both Somali. We live in the same neighborhood and we both got accepted to that school. And so we decided to go and we lived together and we went to school together in Hamilton at McMaster University. So I was pretty much going, you know, I started my, um, Islam, I started taking my Islam more seriously, like at the end of high yeah. school, early university. So I was, you know, I, I was, you know, proud to wear hijab. I wanted to learn more about Islam. I wanted to just, you know, go to all the halakas and all that thing, all that jazz. So I decided, me and my friend decided to kind of join the MSA. You know, the first year was great experience, but we were met with a lot of microaggressions because we happened to be the only two freaking Somali girls in the entire MSA. We were the only two. That's crazy. And for those who don't know, the MSA is a Muslim Student Association. Yes, right. There's yes. usually chapters. No, no, you're fine. There's usually chapters in most universities in like North America, Canada, all of that. But yeah, yes. Yeah. But that's so, crazy that you guys were the only two. The only two. Okay, we're Somali. I'm not talking like Somali is like the spectrum of black, okay? I'm not yeah. talking about like like black West Africans. Uh, like I'm not talking about them. They were nowhere to be found, first and foremost. That's so crazy. Me, me and my uh, me and my friend were the only two Somali girls. So when we entered the MSA, we came with such an upbeat, happy, go jolly, you know, demeanor. Um, my friend is hilarious. She's literally a comedian. I I freaking love her. She will make any. She'll go into any room and make the entire room laugh. She's just a very. I want to hang out with your friend. <laughs> She's so funny. She will have you crying. Literally, anything that comes out of her mouth is hilarious. Ten out of ten. Um, so. So we came in, we're, we're literally these two first years froshies crack and making the entire MSA, like literally they're all rolling on the ground laughing at our, <laughs> at, at just our, our, our foolishness. So we're cracking jokes. We're having a time of our lives. You know, we're thinking, wow, this is going to be great. It's going to be a great experience for us. Um, little did we know, um, because of the, I don't know why, I don't even know why I'm saying this, but because of the attitude that we came in with, um, we were deemed as like clowns. And whenever they saw us studying on campus, they would say things like, oh, wow, you guys actually study? Wow. Because you sense of humor you're not allowed to be studious i don't get it and the fact that like my, my 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 friend was in nursing and i was in the psychology department so she was in nursing, i was in psychology um for first year and they were completely shocked because for at, at the time mcmaster's nursing program was like the hardest nursing program to get into um and everybody knew that um and it was very very difficult for even just minorities to get in so it was basically all white and just like a sprinkle sprinkle of diversity in there and she just happened to be that diversity sprinkle okay so when the some of the msa girls found out about that they're just like it kind of was like whoa like they didn't they didn't put two and two together that i don't know black people are smart and they can yeah. work hard for their grades and I, like that did not make any sense to me so that was one of the experiences um but throughout our entire journey of of, of mcmaster university uh we were trying to uh, join, uh, we were trying to join certain positions and we were denied anything that had to do with education, uh, dawa, anything that had to do with um, PR. So working with uh, the McMaster Student Union, like other clubs on campus, all they ever wanted us for were 
entertainment purposes, uh, to host events, to be MCs for events. Um, when it came to anything Islamic to leading uh, halakas, we were denied. And uh, keep in mind, just to have context, my friend um, is a hafid of the Quran and has a degree wow, in... Wow, wow, exactly. wow. And they know that. Uh, she's a hafid of the Quran and has a, has a degree in... Um, uh, the tafsir, so the translation of the Quran as well. She graduated and she I, works uh, in a masjid, okay? she. They- my, my brain is exploding, Hudan. I just want to let you know, like, I'm holding my head because my brain is exploding. I just want to put it out there. People who have the whole Quran memorized, you don't meet people mm-hmm. all the time. Like, that is I'm, rare I'm and special. Shocked. Yeah. Yeah. So she had all that under her belt and she wanted to facilitate a sister's like halakha for um, mental health, uh, female sexuality, marriage, kind of like just talking about the things that are kind of taboo, but um, yeah. doing like research based and having, you know, the community kind of have a safe space to kind of talk about these things. It was met by all sorts of hell to the nose. Um, and even when we did try, it was monitored. So the MS, the MSA like execs would come not for the sake of wanting to learn anything, but to be like, to monitor what was happening. Cause they didn't believe, uh, she was, uh, equipped to kind of lead some sort of halakha like this. But wow. yet they gave a sister, an Arab sister, by the way, um, free reigns to do whatever she wants for a halakha. And no, super- Ooh, I guarantee you. Let me let me just put. It I'm not trying to diminish anything, but it goes to show, like, why though? Why? Why is there exactly a there? I don't get it. The, the, exactly, like, and it's like I don't understand why the Muslim community is so quick to just immediately assume that if someone is Arab, that they are more well versed on Islam. Yeah. How does that make sense at yeah. all? Like, just use your brain for one second. Yeah. How? Does that make sense? You could, okay, and let's just say, let's just say hypothetically their thought process, well, you speak Arabic. You know what language, when, when people speak Arabic, it is not the language of the Quran. That's no. not the same thing. I, it's like Shakespearean English. Yeah. Like the words in the Quran, the, your vocabulary has never even come close to what the vocabulary in the Quran is. And if someone had the Quran memorized and also has taken, is is um, educated in the tafsir of the Quran, which for those of you who don't know, tafsir is basically like critically analyzing the Quran and like having a deeper understanding of it, basically. That is not it's not okay. something that a, a arab speaker yeah. knows how to do just because they can speak arabic just in case you were wondering like no arab just like immediately can read the quran is like i let me give you a lesson on this the tafsir of this chapter no 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 you can't do that that's not a thing that you just like know how to do because you speak arabic that i want to slap all of these people i'm sorry i'm getting Honestly, so angry that i'm yelling yeah I, I agree there's many moments in the in the years that i was in university that i honestly my jaw would be on the ground because it's just it's so I cannot believe my eyes like and it's just like no one around there's no you don't have any allies keep that in mind imagine not having any allies because you and your friend are basically the only Somalis there the only black Muslims there everybody else kind of has like their own posse and their own community yeah. um but then yet we're looked at as like you know uh, we're kind of looked at as the outcasts like there's no space for us here you have the pakistanis that all hang out with each other you have the arabs that all hang out with each other then you have us then throughout the years you know slowly but surely more somalis came into the picture and this is when i got really pissed the msa room is like the sisters room they had like a room for um you know the, the sisters to kind of just chill it was a one big space right where people would come 
and they, you know, we, we take off our hijabs, relax, crack yeah. jokes. You know, it's a prayer room, and it's also just like a lounge for us to chill in. Um, so it is always on and popping in there. It's always loud. It's always lively. Um, people cannot study there. So there's no reason for you to come into the MSA rooms to study. It's, it's like you're dumb, actually. For socializing. It's exactly. for socializing. Exactly. So when, uh, like, I was in third year, I think, a, a lot more Somalis came in. And there were Somali, um, they joined the MSA. Like, we wanted them to join. Like, this is your space. Like, you have a right to be a part of the MSA. You have a right to this prayer room. You have a right, you know, to be in these halakas. You have a right to freaking teach if you want yeah. to. You know what I mean? You have that right. You are a Muslim. This is a yeah. Muslim student association. It is not Pakistani Arab Student Association. Like, I don't get it. But, you know, that's besides the point. If that, was um, the, if that was the case, I would be boycotting it actively. Exactly. But that's what it felt like majority of the time. So when these Somalis came and we would literally be sitting there. I remember this one time. It was like, it was during Frosh. It was third. I was in third year and I was, me and my friend were one of the, like, the, the Frosh leaders for the MSA. And we found a bunch of Somalis. We were hype. We're like, finally! Yeah. We yeah, have yeah, finally yeah. found, you know, allies. Yeah. We have finally our people so we brought them we're all speaking our languages it feels good to just be yourself in your community and we're speaking our language we're cracking jokes in the msa we're having a jolly good time all right everybody is just we're wiping tears we're having a great time if you've ever met a somali person in your life you know they're a good time i went all of my every single friend i had in high school was somali Mm -hmm. and i i was their little their little arab white girl who they would they would let me and i would say you know waria and naya and stuff like that and and a little little cute stuff like that and they'd be like good job nor and i was like thanks guys but they're the funniest people they're the funniest people we like to have a good time seriously yeah cracking yeah like i want them in my msa i hated the msa it's probably because there weren't any somali people probably i never realized it until now there weren't enough somali people I'm being completely honest and not being biased because I'm Somali, but Somali, no matter where you are, if there's Somalis in the mix, you will have, you will laugh and have a good time. That's You'll all. have a good time. You'll you will laugh time. and have a good 100%. time. So we're just chilling, having a great jolly old time. And we're in the MSA. And I remember this vividly. Um, the rest of the girls that were in this room, we were being stared at like zoo animals oh my none of us were speaking like english we're all just you know speaking of somali cracking jokes laughing rolling over you know um just the just being just being ourselves and keep in mind the rest of these girls do that on a regular basis and we're never part of that equation because they're always speaking their own language never part of the mix exactly never part of the mix we were being stared The, the entire room was silent we were the only ones speaking in our own language having fun it was the most uncomfortable situation I think I've ever been in, in my entire life. And then that progressively got worse and worse because yeah. throughout the years, um, there were, um, I think the Black Lives Matter movement actually happened during the time that I was in university when it first was like like becoming a yeah. thing. Um, yeah. And then me and my friend that I told you about, we were trying to advocate like, guys, like, you know, you're raising money and you're raising awareness for all these other causes. I think it's time, you know, you, you show your solidarity with... With the black community, because you do have black Muslims on this campus and none of us feel majority of the, the guys, by the way, don't feel comfortable at all coming to the MSA because it's literally they're not like there's no um, unity uh, of some sort. Like, I don't understand. There's no space for us to just be ourselves without um 
stereotypes or microaggressions or just being a, I don't know, a Muslim. I don't get it. But um, when the Black Lives Matter movement came to be is when um, me and my friend and all the other girls that were trying to advocate for some form of a change and to have the MSA kind of at least start talking about the internal racism within the Muslim community, at least. Okay, you don't want to talk about Black Lives Matter because, you know, you guys are scared to get into quote unquote politics. That's what they kept saying. Fuck out of here. That's and not political. It's not, it's, it's about I don't get human it. rights. I don't understand. But we were told many, many times for bringing these, uh, like these discussions up, we were told many times that we were starting fitna within the MSA. That was one oh, of the things. Well, we were told you oh, guys. First of all, I just want to let every Muslim listening to this know, you're not allowed to use the word fitna. Just stop using it. Because I feel like people do not understand what fitna is. And I've never heard anyone use fitna in the correct context. Unless you're it. a scholar, shut shut up. Just shut your I, mouth. I just, I don't get it. So we were told you guys are starting, you know, drama, unnecessary drama. And then we were also told that the MSA is uh, funded, you know, and 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 uh, supported by the MSU, which is a stu- master student union on campus. Mm-hmm. And if we get in, into politics, we, me and my friend they're referring to, we are going to be the reason why they there will be no more Jumai on campus because they will literally come for us if we get into politics. What? They said that to us. They said that, they said that, that I don't I don't believe that anyone said that. And then I'm like, literally, so you're telling me my skin color is is the sole reason if I were to talk about the fact that I'm being discriminated against for being black and Somali in the MSA, if I were to bring that up even. A, I am starting fitna, so I'm literally the devil. Um, and B, I will literally have the entire MSA experience. I will literally be the cause that no one is allowed to pray on campus. So I am that's literally the that's, devil. Is that's, a, that's literally the most made up thing. That, the thing that they told you is a made up thing. Everything about it is completely made up. And like, as you're telling me this, I'm having like flashbacks of my very brief encounters with MSA. MSA and is so toxic. Oh. I, I'm sorry, MSA is toxic. I, I whoever wants to sit there and say we're trying to do the right mm-hmm. thing, you're not. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not. I have sisters who are in their 40s who used to be in the MSA, and they'll tell you the same fucking thing. So this isn't brand new, new shit. This has been yeah. going on for yeah. the entirety. It is an excuse to create clicks yes. and then use Islam yes. to to basically bully people it's using a religion as a tool for bullying making people feel excluded and and creating clicks it's it's no one is diversifying their life through the msa i'm just going to be honest with you it's really really toxic it's it's literally just a tool for oppression i'm so sorry to say it It it's a tool for it's it's basically using islam as a blanket to tell someone who wants to stand up for black lives that that's fitna which is insane I'm, I cannot believe it. But a moral, okay, so uh, moving forward from that specific situation, we did end up uh, creating a black and MSA um, like hashtag. And um, like we created like this ripple effect of, of talking about being black in the MSA and, and what that experience is like for us. Um, in That's incredible. MSA. Okay, so we ended up doing that. And then we had a bunch of other schools in in and around, you know, the Toronto region start to do the same thing. So once we did that, <gasps> it became a big thing. So that, it, but it took war to do that. And not only did it take war, but it also took a lot of, um, 
trying to have trying to change the narrative of it being a political thing to it being a human thing i don't know why people cannot wrap that around their heads to me that is insane um and then um after that situation the msa in my the msa at my school nothing positive came out of it everybody literally that was involved all of the um the non-black you know Uh, people that were part of the committee, all of them ended up quitting the MSA. They all left because it was all too much. No change came out of it. Um, Apparently, we just stirred up drama and they did not the entire time. All they wanted to do was to make sure that the outside community uh, did not paint the McMaster MSA as racist. So that, that's what they were concerned about. Not even the wow. issues of, of the internal struggle that a lot of the black Muslims face. And I've met so many black sisters and, and, and brothers that left the MSA. Some of them ended up taking off their hijab because they ended up, you know, joining a different group or a different yeah. group altogether. I'm sorry, but that all of that negativity is going to be on all those people that were involved in the MSA on the day of judgment. Ilahi is going to come for them. You know why? Yeah. Because you physically pushed away, diminished and pushed away individuals from their basic right to to just practice Islam on campus. They, they had no safe space to do that. So they were forced to go and find a community elsewhere. If that led them to go and commit sin or to do other things, I'm sorry, well, on the day of judgment is all on you guys. It's literally all on you guys. And, and the thing is, is you're 100% right. And I'm not, I'm not even just saying that. Like everything you're saying is so accurate. Also... It's not surprising. That is the worst part of everything you're telling me. I am not, none of it is shocking or surprising. I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds about right. And that is, I feel like if you are listening to this and you are Muslim and you feel offended, you're like, oh, why are they? No, think about why I'm not surprised by what Hudan is telling me. Think about that. Why am I not surprised? It's because I've seen it happen. I know it happened. I have seen, I have gone to the masjid and just experienced the way people are mistreated for the color of their skin. And that, you know, who says everyone, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. When I go into the masjid, it doesn't matter what race the aunties are. Yeah. They'll say salam to me and they'll make a comment about how how beautiful and light my skin is. And these are just some of the reasons why I stopped going to the masjid. And that is sad. It's sad that me as a Muslim, I can't go to the masjid because of this toxic behavior. It's toxic behavior. So that's why when people are saying, talk to your mothers, talk to your sisters, talk to your friends, it is because of this. It is happening within the community. There are so many microaggressions happening within the community. When someone tells me that I'm beautiful because of my skin is white, white that is a microaggression towards black people like that's also ridiculous like that's what i'm saying like shit like that that happens is just appalling disgusting but it's not shocking it's not surprising either i am not shocked and just uh, in context this has nothing to do with anything but um even because you know how the msa is like the msa i don't know how it is in america but here in canada like there's this huge like you know running joke that people join it for like marriage purposes and all that jazz right yeah so i had having a boyfriend exactly there you go so i had a bunch of uh you know arab and uh you know uh a turkish friend Friends and people that clearly were not black. And it's hilarious that everybody, you know, is eligible uh, to intermingle and to get married amongst each other. But never once was I ever, ever eligible for any anybody. 
only people that was ever eligible for were uh, the sprinkles of black people. And people, sisters would literally come up to me and I would roll my eye, like my eyes would roll so hard. Oh my God, there's this, you know, there's this black brother, you know, he's really quiet, he's in engineering. And I'm like, okay, all that is great, but like, why is it only this, why is it only one race, but then all of you guys can intermingle amongst each other. But when it comes to me, because I'm black and I'm Somali and I, and I don't know, maybe, well, it is obvious, you know, when it, black is not looked at as anything that is desirable, especially uh, with certain races that deem whiteness to be like, holy, what in, and I mean, what in the world? Statistically, the black woman is more mistreated than any other I don't get race. On on the a planet in the Earth, my okay? eyes are Look it up. rolling. My eyes are rolling all the time. So it's statistically like, wow. proven. It's a statistic. So like we, the thing is, is like we hear these statistics. You know, yeah. and I'm not talking to you, Hadad. I'm talking to people who are listening. You know that you can change that yeah. by not being anti-black. I don't get it. Just yeah. putting it out there. Yeah. You can change that just by not being a piece of shit. Like we as humans can change these things. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. They are not impossible things. It is basic human rights Mm -hmm. to treat people equally, regardless of their faith, the color of their skin, their gender, whatever the fuck, unless someone is literally trying to I, I don't I don't even know like fucking waterboard me. I'm not gonna treat you differently. Yes. I'm gonna treat you the same yes. because what is the difference? When you really what the fuck is the difference? And that's and that's the thing, like I it's time like I said, I mean this is a time everyone should be reflecting. reflecting. Everyone. Yes. Ref, reflect on everything. And I've been reflecting on mistakes that I've made in my life. And I reflected on the fact that I think I am so lucky that my parents are not pieces of shit. And I, I I didn't, seriously, I I didn't have, I wasn't raised with racism. So for me, it is easier. I'll admit it. It's easier for me because these things are not ingrained in my upbringing. And I don't know what it feels like to be fed propaganda. I don't know what it feels like to be fed racist fucking, you know, bullshit. I don't know what that's like, but you need to reflect on that. And you need to, if, if even if it comes down to making a list, make a list of things that you do and try to actively change them. Yes. You will. It, 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 it's a lot of work. To, it's a lot of internal work, honestly. And, and, and living in this generation now, people avoid that at all costs. And I think right now in this specific time, we're, we're all being forced to look within. And if you claim Islam, this is something that is non-negotiable. Fix yourself and fix the way that your parents view things. Fix how your friends are talking. Everything needs to be fixed. You claim Islam. You're claiming Islam. And you want to throw Bilal in my face every single day. Oh, Bilal, Bilal. Relax. Relax. Fix yourself. Because I don't know. That is not the only black Muslim. I don't get it. I don't know what religion half these people are following because the amount of hate and like the hate towards blackness is so disgusting to me. Like, I, I just don't understand. I don't I just don't get it. Like, we're literally minding our own business. No matter what we do, we're hurled with hate for what, for who and for why. And you're claiming Islam. Yeah. And you're claiming I'm just going to put this out there. Any issue I've ever had with a Muslim, it's never been a black Muslim. (laughs) Never. Wow. No, no, no. I'm I'm not. I'm literally being 100 percent 
honest, never yeah. one time because she's right. They mind their own business. <laughs> they're just mind, business. They're just they're just trying to live, have yeah. fun, maybe have a good time. Arab people just I I think that it also like like that, that's the thing. Like I think that it's a lot of just saying I'm not racist over and over again. Because that's the thing. I think that's something that if you're not black, you should be doing this. Have a con- have conversations. Every time you talk to your friend, I don't care where they're from, yeah. you need to talk to them about race. Mm-hmm. You need to talk to them about what's going on, okay? Yeah. And, and and everyone is saying, oh, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. I don't think it's comfortable. I actually think it makes things more comfortable. It makes things more open and honest. And that's what friendship should yeah. be. It Honestly. should be... Every conversation you have, I implore you, every person you talk to, I want you to talk to them about Black Lives Matter. Every single person you talk to, you should bring it up. And I want you to listen to what they have to say. And if they say something that is wrong, objectively wrong, you need to tell them, you need to correct them and tell them your ideology is incorrect and let me tell you why. And I'm not saying you have to curse them out and I'm not saying that you have to fight them, but if it comes to that, maybe you do need to fight them. And- I'm going to be honest with you. These, I've had conversations like these for the last maybe eight years. Yeah. Eight years ago, I think I woke up one day and I was like, I'm sick and tired of being silent yeah. while I hear people, hear people saying ignorant things. And I decided to make a change within myself. And that is one of my favorite things that I've ever done. And it makes me feel proud of who I am because it's the right thing to do. But that's not even just the only reason. You need to be able to speak up for people who are not there to speak up yeah. for themselves. Yeah. And and it will show you people's true colors. And I have lost friendships because of it, but I don't regret it at all. Be- and, and, and it's so funny because till this day, someone will say something. And if I don't hear it, I'll know that they said something ignorant yeah. because another person will say, oh shit, don't say that in front of Noor. What? Oh. Because oh. they know that I will not fucking shut the fuck up. And I'll be like, what? Yeah. What, what is it that you said? And, but that's the thing. People should, when they see you should know, you can't say shit like that yeah. in front of this person. It's funny that it's that friend that said, oh shit, don't say that in front of Noor. That's the friend that needs to be correcting the person who said oh, that nonsense. Oh, Why oh, are you oh, waiting oh, for Noor to come and, and, and destroy this human being? You destroy them, actually. How and that's that? why this situation that happens, I talk to neither of these two people because <laughs> then when I try to educate them, yeah. when I try to educate them, it was brown boys telling me that they can say the N word because they're brown. And I don't know how many times I have to fucking oh, tell God. people this. You can't say <sighs> it. It's not for you. It's not for you. It's I, not for you. It's yeah, not for I you. Know. Yeah. And it's, you brought up a very interesting point about discomfort. Um, and I think, um, I think, I think the world's starting to wake up. I Black people do not care if you're uncomfortable. We've been uncomfortable our entire lives. Every avenue that you can mention, I literally travel, for instance, is a big thing. Why do I need to Mm -hmm. Google racism in, I don't know, Spain? To see how my experience is going to be. Why do I need to pre, uh, pre, uh, you have myself to, to going into a country when for anywhere I go, I need to know, am I safe? Is it, I'm not only black, I'm a hijabi, I'm visibly Muslim, but not only that, it's a double whammy at the end of the day. And no matter, even if I take off my hijab, I can't blend into society because exactly. I'm still black. I'm still yep. visibly a black woman. So no matter where I go, even if I don't have hijab on, and I go to Europe or I go to the Arab world, I might experience racism and I need to be ready. I need to pre-plan myself. I need to literally give myself a pep talk. So I don't want to hear the fact that 
having this discussion that literally does not even affect you is uncomfortable for you. Are you dumb? This is something that is, we're playing out to people. Just listen. That's all we're trying to say. That's the number one conversation. Can you listen? And can you educate yourselves? The second thing, action. Can you please change the way you speak about certain things? Can you please correct your friends when they're doing certain things? Can you please, you know, correct your family? What? How is that uncomfortable? I'm so confused as to why you are so uncomfortable by the idea of correcting a wrong. A human fundam- human fundamentals 101. It should be a class. Why are you thing, if you're an adult, if you're an adult, you have the tools. I'm not telling a 7-year-old to go do this. I'm it. telling adults to do this. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. My own uncles who are blood related to me, I have had to say, "Hey, listen, I have to say, yeah, the comment you just made is incredibly racist. Yeah, as a Muslim, you it is inappropriate that. Yeah. that you said that. And when they try to give me excuses, I say, no, stop. Yeah, this is not a discussion. And then I, I will say, I, I I've researched it, so I have the hadiths to back it up. Yeah. So maybe you might want to do that. <laughs> but I will throw it at them. Yeah, I, I I come ready. I come prepared. And I'll be honest with you they usually have nothing to say to me. Yep. I will say I, I'm, I, I live in a family that's, that's mainly not racist, but it still happens because yeah. it's so ingrained in people's upbringing that they almost cannot, they, can't, they don't yeah. even realize that they're doing it until, yeah. until you call it to their attention. They might not. And I don't, it's not an excuse, but I think especially Ignorant. for the older Literally. generation, we make these excuses and we say, Oh, well, they're old. Oh, well, they're old. No, you're, yeah. you're, you're never too old to stop being a racist. I'm sorry. <laughs> Literally. Like, I, I don't get it. Like it, it, that, that's like the one thing. And, and I think that I, I think that there is a respectful way to do it though. I'm not saying to go tell your mom, fuck you, mom, you're a racist. Oh, maybe don't do that. Unless your mom is saying crazy things. Maybe don't do that. But like at the end of the day, I think Prepare, educate yourself, research it so that you have the tools when it does come up because it will come up. That's the thing. Yeah. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. It's a matter of when. And 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 over time, you will perfect it. Because I'll be honest with you, when you first start calling people out, it turns into a fight. At least that's been my experience. Yes, it will. But as I get defensive, like, no, I'm exactly. not wrong. Why are you trying to make it seem like I'm a racist? That's what. It, that's their number one thing. Like, just because I said this, you know, you okay so you're saying i'm racist no what i'm saying is what you said is wrong and you should not say it educate yourself understand how about how about you look into what you just said please break it down for me and tell me the errors in in the statement right now all right it's wrong that's it we move past it don't say it now you understand did i call you a freaking racist if i call you a freaking racist it's because you are actively choosing to not change and if you want to fight me every single day guess what you get placed in the category of racist and you're canceled <laughs> am i right or wrong and, and, why and the thing is why you no. that's <laughs> i don't get it and the, and the thing is it's like i'm i'm just putting this out there Again, it comes back to empathy. So a way that I have found that's effective yes. in telling people to right their wrongs because humans are selfish and they think everything is about them. Yes. Always, if, 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 if someone makes a comment about a black woman and that person is not black, I want you to tell them, 
Imagine if someone said that about your sister and they said, and if, let's say this person is an Arab and they saw your sister who wears a hijab and they said, look at that disgusting terrorist over there. Mm-hmm. How would that make you feel? Mm-hmm. How would that make you feel? Mm-hmm. And and try to dumb it down. I know it sounds so sad and I'm not expecting this out of black people. I'm talking to people who are not black. You need to sit there and you need to dumb it down and you need to, because because the thing is, is we, I, my goal when I first started doing it is I'm not going to lie. I, I like shaming people. It was yeah. fun. I enjoyed it. I like to shame people <laughs> but, like for their but, lives. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, as, as time goes on, it's like, I want this to be productive. I want this to actually encourage this person to do the right thing. And I'll tell people, I haven't always said the right thing. I haven't always done the right thing. I've made mistakes in my life, but as your friend, I am telling you this because I care about you. And this behavior is wrong. And so maybe we can have a conversation about it so that we can correct it, so that we can be better people, so we can not be disgusting racists. Yes. Just a thought. Yes. So you want to talk about like, microaggressions like, and how people, you know, uh, uh, tend to diminish um you know, the experiences of, of, of racism in this country or in general in cultures. Cause that's a really, that's a really big thing. Like calling somebody out and then, um, diminishing what it is that you have experienced or what's going on and be like, um, yeah, but I'm not a racist. Or, uh, I think you're being a little too sensitive. Like I get that a lot. Like, Oh, it's not that deep. You can relax. Um, and no, a lot it, of that happens. A lot of that, it, but that's the thing. It is deep. Yeah. And, and, and I think the problem and because and, like I've, I've, I've thought about that. Why, why do these microaggressions happen? Right. Mm. And I try to think about the psychology behind it. And I think it's because unless you are black, you cannot understand the black struggle. And therefore, you try to compare it to some type of racism, which, again, I understand that that's where the human brain is going to go to. But understand that whatever that feeling is, multiply it by a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. At the very least. Yeah. Because. It's so deep rooted and it's, 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 I I think that in 2020, it's just not an excuse anymore to say, oh, I didn't know. If you are an adult, you know, you know, unless you're a child, fine. Okay. You're a child. But if you're a grown adult woman, please don't say, listen, I didn't go to school in America. Okay. I didn't learn about American history. I didn't learn about slavery. Oh, I hate that. No, that excuse actually pisses me off because in every single culture and country and people across the earth, blackness is deemed as something that is just trash. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So you cannot use that as excuse that, oh, this is in America. It doesn't happen here. Are you dumb? You colorism comes from uh, anti-blackness. Literally, mm-hmm. um, you have situations all across the board in every single country for some odd reason. Be- blackness is the butt of the joke anywhere you go. When it comes to just the human experience, blackness is at the bottom. And they're deemed as their issues do not matter at the end of the day. And if And if their issues are brought to light, it's every other person will chime and be like okay but what about this situation okay but what about that not the same it's It's never been the same and the one thing that really aggravates me especially within the muslim community and this is something that i I, that's one of the main reasons as to why i i got very angry on social media and started to you know speak out against these things it's always the same narrative it's as if black muslims and black people in general have not been supporting every other cause known to mankind it is actually black women it is black men it is black people in general black muslims that are at the forefront 
that are protesting and advocating the rights of any marginalized community. It is literally black people. But when it comes to us, it is, excuse me, your problems don't matter because how about me? Or um, we are all, or it's like some sort of, some sort of like, situation where they try to uh, minimize our experience like don't worry it's not as bad as you think or you guys are over exaggerating or you guys asked for it is what i hear all on a regular basis what you guys are violent your communities are violent um what about black on black crime all sorts of excuses number one thing that should be happening is what the black community does for every other group ever fighting for their rights no matter what being there condemning how about that how about you first condemn, stop bringing up other issues, condemn it altogether. What is happening is wrong. What is going on is wrong. I never hear that coming from other people. It's always some, some next shit. It's literally some next shit. That's what I'm saying. And it's like, let me just say this. My, like for, for the Palestinian people who still don't seem to get it. What about Palestine? What about Palestine? I said this in last week's episode. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> If I meet a black person, they don't even need to be Muslim anywhere. And they say, hey, where are you from? And I say, I'm from Palestine. It doesn't matter if they're Muslim. There's never been a time where that black person hasn't said, my heart goes out to the Palestinian people. Never. And I've been to protests for Palestine. Get it. Black people are the ones with the (laughs) megaphone who are saying no justice, no peace. And you know why? Do you know why it is always black people who do that? Because they are experiencing this and they have empathy. So why can you not have that same empathy for them? My mother literally lived in a war zone in Palestine and she's sitting here telling me, What's happening to black people is wrong. What she and, and she lived it. You motherfuckers live in fucking New Jersey. Shut the fuck up. You don't know what the Palestinian struggle is. Shut your fucking mouth. You don't know what that feels like. Okay, you don't you don't get it. So so stop using that as a crutch. And for everyone who's talking about all these other issues, it's not no one is saying that those issues don't matter. No one is saying that. What they're saying is is that Black lives are being treated like they don't matter. And that is where our attention needs to be. If you have two sick children or two children, one is sick, you're not going to go give medicine to the child who's not sick and vomiting everywhere. You're, you're gonna you're gonna give the attention to the sick child. That is what you're gonna do. I re- I can't believe I even need to give stupid fucking examples like this for people to understand. But like, this is where all of our attention needs to be. This is where it needs to be. It really goes to show and it highlights that honestly, the black experience is looked at as it's swept under the rug. It's so blatantly there, but it's swept under like people can literally, I could, I've physically seen people see blatant racism and Mm -hmm. turn a blind eye. Like it, it's not my problem. It has nothing to do with me. I am not concerned. I don't care. And it's it's so aggravating to see that. Um, and then having situations like this right now, like the uproar of um, George's situation and the fact that he was killed and and it was recorded, it is always it's it's so sad to say this, but it's always like, why is it that black people have to literally disrupt everybody's sanity and peace just for you guys to look that's that's the main thing that i can never wrap my head around like i don't get why is it that 
the whole world has to be up in shambles or black people in general have to be crying and 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 uh, advocating and breaking the law just for you to look at what happened as it being wrong like that. I can't wrap my head around that. That makes no sense to me. It, it doesn't make sense. But like, I, I just I for I just want to say on my behalf, I'm with you like a hundred percent. And it, it, that's the thing. This isn't a trend. This isn't, this is something <laughs> yeah. we, we need to keep talking about this. Yeah. We need to keep signing petitions. We need to keep, if you're able to protesting, every little thing every, adds up, everything yeah. counts. And if you don't feel that things are changing, you're fucking in denial. You things think- are changing. Things are going to change. Yeah. I, I was telling Hudan this. I'm like, I can feel it in my heart that this is different. This is definitely different. This is it. There's no turning back at this point. I There's no like, fucking turning back. I feel like people are starting to wake up to the situation. And I and I and I have the pandemic to thank for that because we're no longer distracted. Everybody's at home. You have like no one really has much to do. The world is literally in timeout, sitting in a corner. You know, like there's no more distractions in the world. And it's like one problem after another. It just keeps getting worse. But everybody's opening their eyes. It's a very internal experience for everybody in the world right now. Everybody's like, yo, there's so much problems that I have not realized that are right in front of my face that has to change. Like the younger generation, first and foremost, Gen Z, I have a lot. I have a lot to say about them. I think they are wonderful generation the um the way that they are protesting and the way that they are taking down websites and hashtags i don't know if you've seen what's going on with gen z they they play dirty on a whole different level i am so i love i love like i literally am so taken aback and impressed by these young people who are acting like like beyond their years and yeah. also not not just not they're they're not just doing the bare minimum they are going above and beyond they're taking down corporations they are getting people fired twitter first and foremost and twitter oh my i all the twitter right now is oh, yeah. my favorite i mean it's stressful but it's my favorite place right now because anonymous is just first of all can we talk about the anonymous stands just for one moment you guys (laughs) (laughs) but like that's what i'm saying like twitter and 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 everywhere it's like all of these gen z people are being so active but like we have grown adults who have educations and stuff that are still nothing still still you know still you know twiddling their thumbs being like but But um Mm -hmm. shut the fuck up yeah this is what's happening. It's going to happen. Either get on board or just get the fuck out of the way. Because this yeah. is what is happening. Yeah. So you're either with us or you're not. Yes. That's what it is. Like yeah. you're either on board or you're not. You're either fighting towards the same thing or you're just a piece of shit who I'm going to be honest with you. I've had to confront people. And again, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. It actually makes me incredibly comfortable to call, call people. I'm like, hey, I noticed you haven't posted anything about this. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. And when they tell me I don't want to be political, I tell them why I didn't realize that you had no empathy for human beings. Yes. I really feel like I need to reconsider this friendship. Thank you. And that's, and, and that's real allyship, by the way, what you are doing and what many other um, uh, people of color in general are doing. That's what real allyship is. 
That's what it and is. Because you treat people the way you expect to be treated. Yeah. It just comes down to that. I I treat people the way I treat I, I'm not gonna treat anyone differently. If this was happening to 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 Palestinian people or whatever, mm-hmm. you 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 treat people the same. Human, We're all human, human beings. Rights, exactly. Human rights is across the board should be equal for everybody. I'm sorry. Why is that even a thing to say? A community is not above another community. That to me makes no sense. And if you have people, and it's always specifically with black, black people, black and I feel like black and indigenous people get the are the butt of the joke when it comes yes. to human rights. Always and all across all boards. When it comes to black and and indigenous specifically communities, it always ends up being some form of politics and people don't want to get involved. I did not know the shade of my skin was something for you to, you know, tap out of. I, I didn't know I didn't know that was a thing. But apparently it is with a lot of people. They don't they can't grasp that idea. Like this is human rights at the end of the day. A black man died. It was recorded. It was wrong. It brought murder. I I don't like how is that politics? I don't understand you should be enraged. And that's not the first time it happened. You should be enraged every time that happens. To any human being, you should be mad. Point blank, period. There's no equation to the politics in that. That should enrage you as a human being. I mean, that's the thing. It's a very simple concept to grasp. But what I, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. But I do want to make sure we talk a little bit about microaggressions, gaslighting, and kind of the trauma yeah. that I feel like black people have been experiencing. And like, I, that's the thing I, 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 I struggle with being like, okay, let's spoon feed this information to people. But at the same time, it's just like, what else is there to do at this point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why do we have to dumb it down? Or why do you have to dumb it down? I don't know. But I want to I want to hear a little bit about kind of your experience with these things. Cause maybe, maybe that will help people open their minds, open their hearts. Um, Okay, so for me personally, um, I've experienced all sorts of discrimination and the work, the most recent one would be like the workplace. Um, I work in, um, so like I work in retail right now as like a part-time job. And like, this is a great example of like me, my experience being completely like diminishing. I'm me being gaslit. So um, I work in like luxury, like the luxury retail. So we have like a lot of um, Asians and, you know, rich uh, white European ladies in general, just rich white Europeans that shop at my brand. Okay. So you have this black hijabi, um, in an entire department, and I'm the only black one. So later on, I realized I was basically not hired for the sake of like, you know, they wanted me. It was more so like a diversity hire to kind of make it, you know, seem a little bit better for the company to have at least one black trinkle of blackness in, in, in the mix. Everybody else is uh, Asian or white. So I was basically the only black person in the entire department. Um, And with that came many, many, many situations where customers or clients did not want to shop with me. They would actually ask for either an Asian representative on my team or a white one. They didn't want to deal with me. Or they didn't want me to do their makeup or something. Or they would literally physically not even speak. They would look over me and talk to somebody else. Like, I don't matter. Oh, my God. 
How do you not slap people? Who don't I, I, what can you do? I will go to jail if I slap somebody. <laughs> yeah, I, I will behind bars if I slap. I literally am like, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about that. I'm like, I, I, I want to build a time machine so I can go there and slap. These I, yes, and it happens. And and my and my coworkers and my team, like my teammates, they see that. And then I get cussed out when my numbers and my sales are trash.com. But when I tell them why they look at me like that is an incorrect answer actually. And everybody in this team is equal. And I'm just, I've fed this bullshit narrative that, that I should never bring that up because it's not a thing. And then when I explain to them, my freaking coworkers witness this on a regular basis that I am literally like I'm a damn animal. I'm ushered. I wish I could show you the hand gestures that they give me. They don't even talk to me. Oh my God. They just like literally shoo me away. Like, I don't know who you are, who you think you are, but you better get your blackity black ass out of here. I'm going to go to that person over there who's going to help me. I don't want your help. What can you do for me? every day yeah and i, I like and, i left but i'm not i'm not with them anymore um i had to take multiple leave of absence for my own mental health because that happens every single day not once or twice but like multiple times and and working in that environment it does something to you especially like when you're being called down to the office about your sales weeks oh on end and then you're trying to explain to, it's just it feels like nobody ever wants to listen and then you just become like mute like you just don't want you're not happy um you know um then they explain to you like racism is not a thing here you know we're you know oh we're amazing god. and then it's just like you know either some people will say like the oh my god you'll have the most ridiculous things happen to you you know they'll be like oh this group of people are not racist they just you know they don't want to they don't know how to speak english but you just spoke to me in english and you told me yeah give somebody who speaks this language like you just spoke english to me though i can help you like you know what i mean like i don't there's it's not that difficult i don't get it but um honestly with gaslighting it it gets it gets it gets exhausting i don't know how else to explain it. you are mentally defeated when you're when your experience is never acknowledged in any way, shape or form, like it becomes tiring. Hence the reason I feel like a lot of black people on, on the internet are just constantly saying like, I am tired. Like, leave me alone. Stop coming to me. Especially like I have people coming um, into my DM saying like, Oh, I feel so guilty. I feel so bad. Like they're Don't putting that burden on why like, leave me alone. I'm tired. You are being called out. Do not come crying to me to apologize. Like, I don't need that. Like, you know what I mean? On top of the yeah. fact that you have yeah. gaslighted me for years on end. Now you want to come back and be like, Hey, I, I, I feel for you and your experience. No, you don't feel for me and my experience yeah. like, I don't yeah. don't say that and get out of my like just stop fix yourself down in that corner down there and don't even look in my direction unless you have something positive to say that's just how exactly. I personally feel right now exactly. unless you want to fight on the front lines unless you want to actually be an ally I don't want to hear anybody's bullshit I don't want to hear it I don't even want to see it I don't want to see your crocodile damn tears yeah do you know how how many times is a, we're not even allowed to be sad we're not allowed to be angry. We're not allowed to have any form. We're ro- like we're we're made out to be like we're not human and we don't have any feelings. I don't get it. But you're allowed to come crying to me about the fact that you've been called out for being racist or that you have racist tendencies. Like get the f out of my face before I. <laughs> 
I will and, come for you. Actually, don't do that. And, that, and that's the, that's the thing. Do not put. And when I see anyone online saying who's not black saying I'm so stressed out or mm-hmm. I need to take a social media break, why? You need to understand how self centered and out of touch and racist you sound. If you feel exhausted, that's fine, but you don't need to put it on to other people who have been exhausted for the entirety of their existence. Exactly. Take a break if you need to. You don't need to shout it. No one fucking cares. Exactly. No one fucking cares. It's not about you. And that's and that's the thing. And, and what you were saying earlier about these microaggressions and feeling exhausted, these little things add up yes. and they create trauma and it, it it is something that will take you probably years to work on and it saddens me that you have to do this because you did not ask for any of this you're not asked to be treated this way you've done nothing to deserve to be treated this way if you were a piece of shit person i'd be like you know what Hadad? you're a piece of shit person so yeah. maybe you, you deserve it, it. you had you had it coming mm-hmm. you've done nothing mm-hmm. Nothing. And I know you. And I'm sure you have an acute ass little smile on your face. I do. You're beautiful. Oh my God, beautiful. I want to help. I want to help. Yes. Exactly. You just want to help. <laughs> exactly. And, and to feel that way, even if that happened to me once in my life, it would sit so heavy. It would weigh so heavy on me and it would break my heart. Imagine, that's what I'm saying. People, imagine this happening to you yeah. every fucking day of your life in ways that you notice, you don't notice, you try not to notice, you're compartmentalizing it, yeah. you're pushing it down, you're pushing it away. And and that was the other thing that Hudan and I were talking about. For black people, at least black people that I've spoken to live in America, yeah. they, as young children, were made to feel like it was their fault. Mm-hmm. And they have childhood trauma from this. Mm-hmm. And they literally will have to work on overcoming this for the rest of their lives amongst other trauma that they will see. I mean, when people are posting videos of black people being murdered in the streets, I understand that you want to, you know, get the shock value, but at the same time, how is that not extremely triggering and traumatizing to black people who have to witness? Cause like, yeah, I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm traumatized by it. But the way I think about it, I'm like, if I saw an Arab hijabi girl being fucking killed in broad daylight, I would have nightmares. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like fucking use your brain. Think about it. Have empathy, have compassion. Mm -hmm. Try to, you can't understand it, but try to understand it to the best of your ability because She's exhausted. They're exhausted. They're tired. They're burnt out. Yeah. No one is going to hold your hand throughout this. You have the tools. You have the resources. There is no, it's inexcusable at this point. And, and, and this is what Hudan and I were talking about before we started recording is for those of you who are influencers or you have a platform and you feel as though, you know, um, you're being accused of being performative and you feel as though you're not being performative. If you know you have the right intentions, that should not deter you. No. So even if someone tells you that everything you're doing is performative, that is not an excuse to whine about it, cry about it, complain about it. Or quit. Because you are doing the right thing. And if you are doing it for the right reasons and you fucking know it, you need to keep doing it. Yes. You and need to keep and I, and I just want to say that that is important especially for their audience cuz their audience might not be predominantly, you know, 
black or or colored mm-hmm. people. So if that's the case, you better be pushing for that. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're getting backlash. It doesn't matter if people are saying, "Oh, this is performative." Keep educating yourself. Take that criticism in. Understand that criticism. Let it humble you because that yeah. is happens to people. That happens to black people every single day. The fact of the matter is, if you're trying to do the right thing, you will be met with some form of criticism, no matter yes. what. You got to keep yes. pushing. Hello? Why? What? The fact that you can even quit and stop doing that shows that you have luxury. Shows that you have privilege. It's a luxury. It's a luxury to be able to just decide. You know what? I'm done. I don't want to talk this anymore. It's too hard. Yeah, it's too hard. That is a like, lot. No, 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 no. That's that's too much. Like even as like just a black, I wish I could just stop and not engage. Like that's not going to happen. I can literally turn off my phone and not be on social media right now. But I could leave. For instance, like we went, me and my a couple of my friends, we just, we rented a cottage like weeks ago. Prior, every time you say happened. cottage, I just I love it. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm thinking about that Disney movie. Absolutely, and I, I think it's a Canadian thing. It was. I think great. it's a Canadian thing to call it a cottage. What do you guys call it? it? I, 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 cause like in, in, at least in America, calling something a cottage is like a little tiny house in the woods where like fairies live. That's literally what it is though. That's exactly <laughs> That's what amazing. it is. Mm-hmm. That's fucking amazing. We're in the middle of nowhere. No one is wearing hijab. Our neighbors oh are God. far away. We have a lake. We can go swimming, but it's hella cold. Cause hello, Canada. Um, I'm so happy for you. It, it was just a great experience. Um, but even then when we went to the grocery, like the grocery shops in there in the local area, like we're met with people staring us down. Like we're zoo animals because a mm-hmm. we're Muslim and and B, we're black. Like, it's not like, like just putting that into perspective, you cannot run away from it no matter where you go. But one, one great encounter that my friends and I had, um, while we went to the local, uh, Walmart in the area that was like half an hour away from the cottage, crazy. Um, we, we were met by a group of, of women that came up to us and they like, were apologizing. I'm so sorry. It must be so traumatic. What's happening for you at, for like, you know, you guys and, and your community. I just want to apologize. And they're just so sweet and people were just smiling and it really does go to show That's like beautiful talking about certain things and educating the masses can't even just change how people just talk to one another. Like even just saying hello wouldn't, like that goes a long way. Just that high and not looking at me like I'm gonna murder you or or bomb your, the the establishment. Like at least you're not looking at me with hostility. I could see a level of like love and 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 affection and remorse coming from from you. You know, and the fact and that's that out. That's beautiful. That's one. That's one thing that I have changed, and I actually implore you all to do the same thing. Every time I've gone out over the last week. I, I'm an introvert. I don't fucking smile at people. I don't wave at people. It's not that I'm unfriendly. I just like to keep to myself. Yeah. But every time I see a black person, I'm going to say, Hey, how's it going? How are you? Mm -hmm. And it, so, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I got a few looks just like, why the fuck are you talking to me? Weird, creepy. (laughs) But like, but like, I want to make it a habit because, because we have to undo what the fuck has happened. And, and even though I don't like talking to people that I don't know, that's just not a thing that I enjoy. I'm going to do this thing because I'm capable of it. And I think that we're at the point where if you have the capability to do something, you should do it. And that is a 
bare minimum. Bare. That is a bare minimum. Mm-hmm. If you have the capability and you can do it, do it. But that, just know, you don't deserve a fucking cookie. That is the bare minimum yeah. that you should be doing. Yeah. When you see a black person and you smile at them, no one's going to fucking applaud you for it. But just know... You might maybe just have made that person feel more comfortable. Exactly. Especially if it's if it's in a displaced part of the like their area. Like they they are in a community where there's literally no black people. Yes. I'm scared. I'm sorry. I'm shook. The fact that all this went down and we were going up north to a cottage, I was like, bro, are we That's scary. okay? Like, I don't know what's going to happen to us. And just that idea even in and of itself is very, it's traumatizing to like, you know, be like, for instance, like if you're black and you live in Canada and driving up north and then you're in an area that's predominantly white you some people are hella scared about that like i don't know what these what's going to happen to me i don't know if people are going to treat me with you know with hostility i don't know if i'm if my life is in danger that is not okay <laughs> like come that's on. what i'm saying the fact that i've had multiple conversations with different black people mainly black women yeah. living in fear yes. is just the norm yeah. it's just normal it's every day it's every day i think i just accidentally quoted fucking logan paul i'm gonna throw myself oh, out of the window but what but it's every day bro is that why yeah i, I, I think that's what i think that's what he says i think i have to kill myself now i'm so sorry <laughs> due to unfortunate circumstances i will be ending my life but but, but truly guys it's it's an everyday experience living in fear and like i just like I can't even begin to fathom, and I'm and I'm seeing all these people, all these black people share stories online, and and it, they're heartbreaking, they're eye opening, but also like they're so just inspiring because I'm like I'm a like I'm I'm looking at this woman who's talking about she's telling her son that when he gets pulled over by the cops, he needs to have his hands on the top of the wheel, all this stuff. Yeah, it's- I've never once thought about that i'm just saying that i've never thought about that in my life and that is fucking privilege the fact that i've never once been afraid to be pulled over and i'll go ahead and say it and this will make me maybe sound like a piece of shit but i got pulled over for the first time in my life a year ago i've never been pulled over because i will also say i drive like a grandma and that comes in handy yes but i was I'm not, I was excited. I made my friend take a picture of me after i got pulled over because i was like this is the first time i've ever been pulled over and and that is not Religion. the experience of black people. Exactly. No black person is excited to be no. fucking pulled over. And I feel like a fool for being like, oh my God, pulled over for the first time. He, he, he. Like, yeah. that's fucking privilege. And like, we need, this is what I'm saying. We need to reflect. We need to reflect on these things in our lives that we've had privileges in our lives. And it is because of the color of our skin. And we need to fucking sit with it, no matter how uncomfortable it is or how shitty it makes you feel about yourself and recognize it and be like, I have to do better. Yeah. We have to do better. Just just uh, off that point that you made with the uh, getting pulled over by cops, um, I just want to say, and uh, this might sound, uh, I don't know, rude, but I don't give a shit. Uh, cops, are not, cops are not meant to serve Black people. And it, that was never no. a thing. So um, the fact of the matter is the fact that all other races can feel comfortable getting pulled over by the cops mm-hmm. is because the cops are actually serving you. They're not serving Black people. And that's on period. That's, that's, and, and, and yeah. Hudan, everything you're saying, like, I just want to let you know, I'm like vigorously nodding my head. Yeah, literally. Cause, um, I, like I mentioned, I live in a predominantly black neighborhood and the fact, like the Toronto police and the way that they harass 
this community that I live in is so disgusting. My own flesh and blood, my brothers, okay, were wrongfully accused because they fit the profile. So basically all black people, A, look the same. And if you fit the description and profile, you will literally be manhandled, even though you're innocent, okay, and you have nothing to do with anything, thrown in the back of a cop car, taken into custody, maybe spend a couple, I don't know, days or weeks in jail for no goddamn reason. Then you're released. Oh, you're innocent. All right. Sorry about that. My bad. That happens every single day. Yeah. Literally every day. And that's on your record. And like, what can you do? A, we cannot, half these people that live in this community cannot afford a good lawyer. So we can't even sue the Toronto police. Okay. For, for wrongfully arresting just the, I, when I see a cop car, I'm not going to lie. My heart drops because of what I had yep. to experience with my own family and the people in my community. Like literally I'm scared and shook for my life. If I see them, my heart, just my eye just goes towards the road. If I see a cop car, my heart is dropping into the pits of my stomach because of what I've experienced the ptsd is strong they're scary and that's and and that's the thing as you're saying this to me hudan like i'm and like i i i need people to hear this when i see cops i feel safe if that does not speak volumes to people obviously this is before everything that's going on right now but like i i i i felt safe i felt protected and i'm muslim and that's the thing that's why when i hear people say i'm a hijabi shut the fuck up it's not the same (laughs) i felt safe i felt comforted when a when a cop would drive by me i felt good yeah that's that's like how how much privilege i have i felt good so i want you to think about that the fact that my friend Mm -hmm has to fucking feel her heart sink to the bottom of her stomach. And I feel good. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Let that sit with you. And I'm, I'll am i say it. Mm-hmm. I, I've worked with cops a lot because of the job that I've had in the past. I worked in the special victims unit. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest with you. I'm going to put it out there. For years and years, I was the I was that girl who was saying, "Oh, don't let a few bad apples yeah let you think that they're all bad." I they're know cops. Bad. I've deal I've dealt with cops or I've dealt with cops or blah 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 blah. I have had to sit with that and recognize that is wrong. Mm-hmm. That is not true, and it and and I'm not saying oh poor me, yeah. but I've had to sit with that and recognize. You know what? Maybe I've just had positive experience with them mm-hmm. because I'm white. Mm-hmm. And maybe they were putting on a show for me because I'm white. Yes. And that's why I have had this idea. That and it is not true. Yep. And it is not true. No. And it is wrong. And there needs to, something needs to change. And I, and I'm going to go ahead and say, I worked with cops. They get the bare minimum of training. And I can say this, yep. I would have, I would have them come in with police reports that were a fucking joke. It looks like a five-year-old fucking wrote it. It looks literally like a fucking, that's the thing. Anyone can be a cop. Yes. Almost anyone can be a cop. There is, they're not, they're not screening people and finding out whether or not they're racist yeah. or what. And they're just given fucking weapons and told whatever it takes. Yes. Whatever it takes. There's, there's, they're, they're not like, it's just, it's mind boggling. And that's something that I've had to sit with and reflect on and change my complete perspective on it, but you can do it. It's they're, possible. It's they're not honestly, that hard. They're honestly, um, they're honestly bullies. Um, that's just how I see it. And a lot of people's taxpaying dollars goes into it. And, yep. and, and, and it's visual. It's visual. Uh, visual. I'm sorry. I can't say yeah. today. Um, and a parent, especially in the neighborhood that I live in, um, if you come from a very affluent neighborhood or middle class, you know, very safe gated neighborhood or suburbs, whatever, you're obviously not going to be seeing cops, you know, around you on a regular basis 
basis. They are where the black people are. That's just all I got Mm -hmm. to say. Point blank Mm -hmm. period in every situation all across the board, they are where the black people are and they come in numbers. They come in, in, in SWAT gear. I just want to let you know that imagine. And I feel bad for like my, my younger siblings to witness that at such a young age to see our neighborhood and people being chased 25 are like, they literally look like they're going to war in Afghanistan. And it's one person. It's literally one person they're looking for, and they and they happen to be black. It's it, it, that's Is what that I'm okay? saying. It's like, like, do you really like, need all that money to just go in? Like that to me makes no. Like you're wasting valuable taxpaying dollars for for this in this gang. I said it. This gang to go she said. and bully black people and yep. uh, neighborhoods filled with people of color, low income neighborhoods. Yep. That they have pushed us all into going into, by the way. Everything is literally pre-planned and, and made by 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 the laws of these of this country. And that's the thing, it's systematic racism. If you don't know what that is, I am please, please educate please yeah. educate before you talk shit. Because before you, you talk need, shit, educate. Yeah. It is it is it's like the cycle of violence. Like if anyone is familiar with the cycle of violence and domestic violence, that is the relationship between the police and black people. The police are the abusers. The black people are the victim. And it's just this ongoing fucking cycle. It's an, it's an, and, and we need to break this cycle. We need to end this cycle. And and the over-policing, listen, I used to live with my parents in a, in a suburb. I never saw a single cop. I live in downtown now. I live like, probably a mile and a half away from what is predominantly a black neighborhood, mm-hmm. nonstop police, nonstop there you cop go. cars driving there, nonstop, nonstop yep. all the time. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, this is crazy. Like I, yeah. in, the, in the eight years that I lived in the neighborhood of my parents, I never saw one cop car, not even mm-hmm. one, not feel, even one. Exactly. And then you feel unsafe when you see that, then you start to judge the neighborhood and then you start to judge the people. Yep. Like that's what it comes down to. You're just like, wow, why are there so many cops here? What's going on? Then you realize, wow, this is a low income a- n- neighborhood and there's a bunch of, you know, um, people of color, specifically blacks. And then that's when the, 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 the prejudice starts to roll in. It's just like, oh, wow, they're violent. They're killing each other. Oh, they're always involved in some craziness. That's not the case. We're actually being harassed and bullied for no reason. And it happens at the age of literally like, Black black people are not allowed to be children. We're not allowed to even enjoy our youth. When there's clusters of young boys together, they all get stopped in this neighborhood. They all get stopped. Why? Because it's it's an assumption that's immediately made. They must be up to something. Yeah. They're up to something. What are they up to? What the hell? Uh, Probably maybe like playing with bikes. Yeah. Probably going to basketball. Hello. Maybe playing playing with a basketball. Yeah. Maybe maybe, uh, telling funny stories and jokes. Maybe just enjoying being a child. There you go. There you go. So it- a child is not a suspect. <laughs> a child is a child. And like, that's the thing, like yeah. this, this, this conversation that we've had, I think conversations like these, like, that's the thing. We need to have these conversations with your black friends, but more than anything yeah. with your friends who are not black. I am telling you, yes. like, consider this, like, I dare you. I fucking dare you. Okay. Don't back down. Don't be a little bitch. I'm daring you. Every time you talk to someone, yes. bring up black lives matter yes. every time. And whether that's the thing that, how do you think information is gained yeah. by talking, by learning, by listening? That is how, 
you gain information. Ever heard of school? That's what school <laughs> That's what is. It is. That's what it's about. Yes, you're right. Yes. And and just just to put it out there, a few things you can do. Mm-hmm. Vote. Yes. Don't just vote for the big shit. Vote vote for your local elections. That's how your senator senators are picked. That's how your state attorneys are picked who who yeah. help make filing decisions mm-hmm. to file charges against people who are police officers who are killing people in the street that's your state attorney vote for your fucking state attorney vote for your judges who are going to determine whether or not someone gets a bond or not that's who you need to be voting for who the fuck are your judges find out who your fucking judges are vote for your sheriff who the fuck is your sheriff i mean like that's what i'm saying vote in your local elections protest if you're able to if you have the capability and and you don't have you know elderly people and you're not because this coronavirus is still happening and and i and and that's the thing if you're able to protest do it if you can donate i have a highlight on my instagram page called blm black lives matter there's so many different places you could donate to i'm gonna name one reclaim the block they basically are a coalition that advocates and invests in the community-led safety initiatives so That's something that I would definitely tell you to look into donating to Reclaim the Block. Sign petitions. Sign petitions with every email address you have. Okay? I know you motherfuckers have seven different email addresses to get discounts on websites. Use it for signing petitions. Educate yourself. Speak up. Speak to people. Listen. And fucking don't make this about you. Yes. Yes. Nor And Hudan... I'm sorry that I've been yelling and screaming, yeah. but do you have anything to add? <laughs> yeah, first and foremost, I just want to say I'm I'm really proud of you. I'm really, yeah, really I love you. I'm dead ass. Like I just want to say, like, you bring joy to my life. Just even just hearing the passion and the fact that you just you care and you're not only it's not in one area, it's like it's holistic. It's it's everything, whether it's donating, whether it's calling people out, um, in all realms. I just want to I I really just want to say that I'm super proud and i'm happy that i know you god bless you. i love you i love you and that's may allah what I, bless I, 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 I may allah bless you. thank you <laughs> that's, that's what i wanted to say but yeah and and Hudan, i i literally i don't i feel like i'm about to cry but like literally like i the fact that you took the time out and i know you've been dealing with a lot the fact that you took the time out to have this conversation with me it means so much to me i can't tell you how much i appreciate it because i was fully planning on just reposting an old episode because i was like i want i want black voices to be heard and i just whatever that's a thing guys whatever you can do do it do it yes do it don't worry about it just do it don't don't overanalyze it just do anything you can because it all counts and it all matters yes whether big or and, small, it doesn't matter the size. Just as long as you have the intention and your heart is in the right place and you're educated, you're constantly educating yourself, just go for it. Who cares about the backlash? Who cares about, you know, people misjudging you or, or, or it seeming like, you know, you're being a performance person? I don't care. I want to see everybody doing something. It doesn't matter who you are. You could even be a racist. Yesterday, you're a racist. Tomorrow, you're part of the protest. Everybody has hope. Everybody has hope. Literally. And I, and I, that's, that's what I love about, like, literally, that's what I love so much is this isn't about, you know, changing people. It's just about what are you going to do? Thank you. Thank you. Show up, do something. We're not, we're not, 
no one is here to change every single thing. There are things about myself I need I need to still work on. There are things within myself I need to work on, but that doesn't mean that I can't keep trying. You don't need to be perfect. Yeah. The per- there's no such thing as a perfect ally. I don't believe that. I, I think- don't believe in that either. It's just everybody's flawed in some way that we're human, you know, but intention goes a long way and actually trying your best to do the right thing at all times and being humble enough to receive criticism when you do something wrong. How about that? actually sit and listen and internalize if somebody is telling you that this is wrong and that this made them feel like x y and z listen taking that information digest where you went wrong change the way that you word things and change the way that you think about certain things because a lot of things can't even be subconscious that you're not realizing is yes. is really wrong and discriminatory and racist people don't realize it they just say things and they don't realize what they just had what they have just said can trigger somebody you might have had the right intentions but the words that you used has literally triggered this individual or this community i acknowledge that be like you know what I am wrong and I, I I can clearly see now the air in my mm-hmm. way. I will actively choo- I will actively push myself never to use that type of language or that type of narrative ever again. Hello? Why why cancel when we can teach? Why? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's no need and and I and and I see people out there and I see you and, and like white people, Arab people, you are holding people accountable and I respect it, mm-hmm. but do not we don't need to bully people. No. No, we don't. We don't. No one needs to be bullied about it. You you state what you need to state, but you don't need to then get personal and start fucking attacking people for you, you know what I mean. Like that. That's what I'm saying. Let's stay productive. Let's go. keep our eye on the fucking prize. Let's let's. We're all we're all fighting for the same thing. Mm-hmm. You don't waste your energy bullying someone. There you go. That's that's not productive. That's not that's not going to make someone be like you know what. This person bullied me and now I I'm going to change. Exactly. No, always no. no. There, it's hard, but it's it's right exactly. to always do the right thing. At the end of the oh. day, just push yourself as, as uncomfortable and angry as you are. If you are angry, first and foremost, don't go after anybody. Calm the heck down first. Sit down, process your information. Then when you are no longer in that feeling of, you know, anger, then go and and correct the person like you know just i feel like it's a, it's our responsibility to check our own emotions at the end of the day sometimes yes. just calm down let's not spew more negativity in the world but at the end of the day i also do want to touch base on um specifically the black community and and a lot of the the black influencers and just in general just black people in general and how they're feeling right now um i want to just put it out there that like seriously like do not let anybody tell you how to feel about anything if it was never their own experience you do not have to allow that if somebody if you are experiencing somebody something and somebody tries to diminish that you can tell them to kick rocks i go ahead kick all the step on legos and kick rocks that's all i gotta say second you don't have to argue with anybody you put your point across if they want to come with negativity again tell them to kick rocks and that block button will be your best friend lastly you do not need to sit there and help people that are not not black to unpack their guilt yes not need to sit with them and navigate their emotions with them you do not need to do that and if they want to come to you for that you have every reins to tell them I am. I don't hold space for that right now. I don't have the mental and emotion, emotional capacity for that as as we speak right now. I don't want to do that. 
not going to tell you to kick rock, tell that person to kick rocks, but low key, you can direct them elsewhere nicely, you know? Um, and just honestly, to take care of your mental health, like it's exhausting. Um, it's tiring. Uh, call up and vent to your friends uh, that you feel as though it's a safe space for you to do that. And you feel as though your experiences are not going to be pushed aside. Call people, um, attend rallies. If you're scared to attend rallies or you're nervous and you live with, you know, um, your parents are like having an immune, a a compromising, you know, health. You don't have to do that. You can make signs and go and give, uh, give it out to people and then go home. You you know what I mean? Like you, there's always where there's a will, there is always a way. Anything that makes you feel, feel empowered, go ahead and do it. If it means shutting your phone off and just, you know, uh, listening to music, cause that's what I do going for a walk. That's what you're going to do. If it means packing lunch and making food and sending it off to the protesters that are outside and, and that's what you got to do. If it means making posters and signs and donating and, and, and educating and really learning about things and educating your neighbors or having a conversation, sitting down with the people around you that are not black, you could do that too. There is space for it, for protesting comes in different. Basically, what I'm trying to say is it comes in many different ways. And don't let anybody tell you that what you're doing is either not enough or it's too much to hell with all that. Especially if you're black. A hundred percent. To hell with that. That's what I'm saying. If if you're black, I I, I can't tell you what to do. But if you're not black, this is what I'm going to tell you not to do. Yeah. Don't. Put your feelings and emotions onto your black friends. If you are stressed out, call your friends who are not black. Talk to them. Have a productive conversation and make a game plan for what you can do. Do do not put that burden on your black friends. And and if you see someone leaving ignorant comments on your black friends' Instagram accounts, take it upon yourself to address that on their behalf so they don't have to fucking deal with it. That's what you can do. There you go. Yep. I agree. I mean, that's the thing. If you want to be a good ally, just care for your friends and even people you don't know because they are going through it right now. Exactly. Exactly. There's never a right or wrong thing to do as long as you're proactive and you are taking into consideration a number one, take into consideration that black people are tired. That's all it is. Yeah. We're tired. We are exhausted. Our mental health has been compromised for years on end. We are traumatized. We are experiencing PTSD on a regular basis. Keep that in mind and have that empathy when you try to even open up a dialogue with them specifically. Always just be super yes. careful. Just be super and be mindful of all of that. That's all I got to say. Because it is, it's it's triggering. Even me having this conversation with you, I'm not going to lie. Like in the beginning, I was I was a little bit panicked. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. do I say? What do I do? I, just, I, I know. You're overwhelmed with so much emotion and you just, you don't have, you don't know what to do. You know, at half the time you don't know what to do. You don't know, um, but I, I'm going to have to say though, it's been very therapeutic to just let out certain things and to even be given a platform to just talk um is major so i thank you for that god bless you you don't you don't need to thank me because this is literally the bare minimum i can do and i will keep saying that we we need to stand together especially as muslims yeah we need to stand together Mm -hmm. we need to support each other we need to show each other love and grace and kindness and even if even if you cursed me out i would have i'm telling you the right thing to do in that moment 
is to sit silently yes. and try to understand the pain that your friend is feeling and stop making it about you. Yeah. Don't take it fucking personally. Okay. Listen, be patient, be kind. Your friends are hurting. Mm-hmm. Don't expect them to be fucking perfect and, and say all, no, no one is going to baby you. Suck it up. Yes. And, and I love you, Hudan, and I'm so glad. And I hope that once people are listening to this, mm-hmm. you take something away from this because Hudan is giving her energy to you. Yeah. And don't take that for fucking granted. And also, if you want, go back to listen to the other episode that Hudan and I did before. We, we, we definitely did a different chaotic. tone. <laughs> but that was such a It was chaotic. <laughs> Yeah, but if you want, if you want a little bit of laughter right yeah. now, there's nothing wrong with that. Go <laughs> listen to that. I think the episode is called "Are You Dumb?" I'm exactly. Not I think <laughs> it's called "Are It's called "Are You Dumb?" So go listen to that episode. Get your laughs out. Follow Hudan on Instagram. Her name is Hudan Yusuf. Yes. I, I I mean, you can plug your own shit. Is there anything you want to plug, Hudan? Honestly, not really. Just you know, donate, sign those petitions, um, educate yourself. You know, there's resources out everywhere out there. Like. I don't even need to tell you it is there. Um, Just be proactive and do as much as you can to amplify uh, black voices. That's all I got to say. Yeah. And I mean, it's said perfectly. I have, like I said, I have a highlight on my Instagram page at Marie. You can literally, I have all the petitions highlighted. I have different charities highlighted. I have a lot of information, resources, all highlighted in one place. But again, if you literally just type in black lives matter into Google, a plethora of resources. Yes, okay. Exactly. So just please, if you're listening to this, do something, mm-hmm. do even one thing. Um, I love you, Hudan. Thank you so much for doing this. And, uh, you know, I will talk to you guys next week and, 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 and keep fighting the good fight.